Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I'm excited to bring to you episode 30 titled, What is a Manager? Since high school, I wanted to become a manager. On college football recruiting trips, I found it fascinating to have conversations with alumni of various universities who were CEOs. I guess the idea of being a leader and running a business was appealing. However, at 18, I had no idea that management was such a complex situation with so many difficult decisions and challenges. Most people think about managers based on their title and role in an organization. This provides us with a level of insight about their position and daily responsibilities. However, my friends, once you're exposed to the workplace, you quickly realize that there are layers of management and managers and employees. For example, in contemporary management structures, top managers support and serve other managers and employees. The process of empowerment helps managers in this dynamic to be more effective at leading the organization in successfully serving its clients and its customers. Empowerment in management is all about enabling team members to think, act, execute, control workflow, and make sound decisions in autonomous ways. Keep in mind, my friends, in both traditional and contemporary management structures, there will always be a need for different types of managers. And that's why it's important that you learn the appropriate management style that's suitable for your desired principle-centered leadership. For example, top managers are responsible for developing an organization's strategy and being a steward in its vision and mission. This is why one of the first questions I ask managers when facilitating leadership development seminars is, do you know your organization's vision and mission statement? More importantly, have you ensured that your team members know it? A second set of managers includes functional, supervisory, and general managers. Functional managers are responsible for the efficiency and effectiveness of an area, such as operations or marketing. Supervisors are responsible for coordinating a team composed of members from different parts of the organization. Sometimes you may hear distinctions made between line and staff managers. A line manager leads a function that contributes directly to the products and services the organization creates. For example, a line manager, often called a product or service manager at a company like Campbell's Soup in my great home state of New Jersey, may be responsible for the production, marketing, and profitability of the soup product line. A staff manager, in contrast, leads a function that creates indirect inputs. For example, accounting is a critical organizational function, but not typically providing an input into the final product or service a customer buys, such as that delicious can of soup I just mentioned. Instead, that group serves an important role in supporting staff, team members, and the organization. I have a lot of friends who are project managers. They have the responsibility for planning, execution, and closing of projects. Project managers are often found in consulting organizations, computer networking, 
architecture, construction, software development, and my first career industry, which was telecommunications. Then you have general managers or GMs. This is a leader who is responsible for managing a clearly identifiable revenue producing unit, like a business unit, store, or product line. General managers are paid extremely well, my friends, because they normally are responsible for making decisions across different functions. So their bonus compensation is actually tied to the performance of the entire unit. GMs also take direction from top executives, so they must communicate effectively, be forward-thinking, and have thick skin, if you know what I mean. I'll tell you a story. I started at the bottom in sales, which was inside sales at telecommunications companies. My first company was MCI, where everyone spoke somewhat calmly in various matters and were more coach-like. However, the higher I climbed up that corporate ladder, the more I became engaged and reported to executives who shot straight without any filters. I can remember actually a time when I was in meetings with executives and C-suite executives when I became a vice president of sales, and the CEO was just dropping F-bombs and cursing every week. Not at me, because I made sure that my teams were performing well. Okay, maybe once. (laughs) So remember, the higher you climb into management, the thicker your skin must be. But wait a second. Also remember that leaders must have emotional intelligence and treat their team members with the same level of respect that they demand in return. My managerial and leadership style is void of cursing. I try to earn the respect of my team members, then hold everyone accountable to carry out the organization's mission. When they drop the ball, we have coaching conversations. When they drop the ball again, we have additional coaching conversations. But they are then documented with corrective action. Now, if they continue to do crazy things or take actions that are detrimental to the reputation and company brand, they might get a very stern coaching conversation that potentially leads to termination but I'm not going to curse out a grown man or woman. You got to treat people with a level of respect. And if you do so, you'll garner the same level of respect in return. Now back to my thoughts about GMs. It's important for general managers to understand the executive team's overall plan for the organization or company. Then they must set specific goals for their own departments to ensure alignment with those plans. The GM of production, for example, might have to increase certain product lines or phase out others. When I coach general managers or GMs, one of the areas I develop is their ability to articulate their goals clearly to their team members. That's extremely important. Then how to coach and empower well to ensure that the supervisory managers optimize performance to meet those goals. Management is a tough job. It's a stressful gig, but it is a very rewarding career for the right individuals. Managers are responsible for the processes of getting activities completed efficiently through their team members and setting and achieving the organizational goals through the execution of four basic functions. And these are four 
basic management functions. Number one, planning. Number two, organizing. Number three, leading. And number four, controlling. Of course, some managers are better than others at accomplishing these four key roles. Managerial work has actually changed a little since I became a supervisor in 1994. I'm dating myself at the age of 25. Whew. Thankfully, my company provided tremendous training and development because I made those typical new manager mistakes. When you're a young person, it's difficult to be a manager, especially when you're managing individuals who are much older than yourself. Or in my case, you're tasked with managing your peers, people that you worked with. That's one of the most challenging roles to walk into where you're now managing friends, people that you sit there with every day, having conversations about the things your managers were doing well, the things executives were doing poorly, and now you have to lead those people. That's why I always tell people who aspire to be a manager to watch what you say and what you do because you never know if one day you're in a position to lead the people you're gossiping about others with. So just focus on your goals. Be laser-focused on what you need to do. Maintain a level of professionalism at all times because once you get into management, the same people who were supposedly your friends will hold you accountable for the things that you previously did or said. Obviously, management has changed a little bit today because of technology and the information that managers have at their disposal now. I also think there is a change in the way managers lead post-pandemic. Managers must have more empathy and self-awareness now. Managers must also be equipped and capable of managing interpersonal relationships, even more so now than prior to the pandemic. Because the mindset of employees have shifted, especially since the Great Resignation. And as a result, the mindset and thought process and actions of leaders and managers must change as well. There are levels to management. The top level manager represents the company socially and legally to those outside of the organization. The supervisor represents the work group to hire management and hire management to that work group. Then you have the manager who interacts with peers and people outside of the organization. And then back to the top level manager, they also interact with managers to gain information while the supervisors maintain the routine flow of work. The top level manager is seen as an industry expert while the supervisor is seen as a departmental expert. The higher you climb up that ladder from supervisor to manager to GM to senior level leader to C-suite executive, the more pressure and the more stress you will have to deal with day in and day out. So hopefully you are with an organization that is equipping you to handle the level of stress that you will encounter and help you develop your competencies and skills to create a behavioral change that will allow you to be more effective in managing people and managing processes. My friends, the unique access to information today places the manager at the center of organizational decision making. 
And to be a great manager, you must make sound decisions and timely decisions. You can't procrastinate when it's time to make a decision because it's important. And one of the things that I like to tell individuals who hire me to provide them with executive coaching, one of the things that will turn you into a great leader is your ability to see around corners. Managers must initiate change. Managers must deal with threats to the organization. Managers must expend its efforts to make sure that the organization and the employees are achieving their goals and executing on the business initiatives. Managers must also negotiate on behalf of the organization. So there are so many things that you must learn to do and do well to be a great manager. There are a lot of good managers, but you want to go from good to great. And in accomplishing that jump, you need to make sure that you develop the skills required to be a great manager. Read. There's so much information on Google and out there on the internet that you can peruse for free that will make you more effective as a manager. One way to look at this situation is that a top-level manager makes the decisions about the organization as a whole while lower-level supervisors make decisions about his or her particular team. And when you become top-level and you have to make those managerial decisions that impact the organization as a whole, it's important that you have a very strategic thought process and make the right decisions. And when you make the wrong decisions, own it. And I'll say that again. If you make the wrong decisions, you must own it at all times. In my opinion, managerial work is the lifeblood of most organizations because it serves to organize and motivate employees to do amazing things. Great managers that I've come across become leaders who empower their team members and inspire them to reach levels of success once thought to be impossible. To me, managerial work is exciting and fulfilling. I love being a manager but I even love more being a leader because I had greater impact on the organization. And what's the difference? A manager is someone who's managing processes and things. A leader is doing that, but they're also empowering people to help them get the job done. They're able to delegate. They're able to inspire. They're able to empower Managers are, though, difference makers in the trenches because being a manager sometimes is the most difficult job that you can have at an organization. It's one thing to be the CEO and have overall responsibility of everything that happens within an organization, but you are compensated accordingly, so you can deal with that. But managers are not yet in a position to garner the high compensation. So the managers having that daily responsibility where they have to go in and still be responsible for so many people, so many things, and not being paid as well as vice presidents of sales, vice presidents of marketing, HR executives, general managers, project managers, they still have to perform. But just keep in mind, once you do things well and you keep working on self-development and enhancing your core competencies and your behaviors and skills, you will then be able to put yourself in a position to earn the level of money that others are earning 
for doing basically the same amount of work. Maybe not as important or impactful to the organization as a supervisor compared to an executive or senior leader, but still important to the people who you serve, your team members. Managerial work is also fast-paced and fragmented where managers at all levels express the opinion that they must process much more information and make more decisions than they could ever have possibly imagined because they don't teach you in school everything, whether it's a business degree, marketing degree, or even a higher level degree if you go and get your master's. They don't teach you everything. Sometimes you got to learn on the job. And when you get to that job, you realize that that university didn't necessarily equip you with that level of different personalities that you have to deal with and manage day in and day out. Make sure that you take the time to develop yourself. Even if your organization isn't committed to developing their employee population, you have to be intentional about putting yourself in the right position to achieve success by developing your own competencies. Just as most successful organizations seem to have well-developed and well-executed strategies, there are also a strong need for managers to be strategic and tactical about the way they approach their business. This is exactly what you will learn if you come through one of my leadership development programs or executive coaching. When you enter into an organization, you go through phases. You go through the onboarding phase where you're trying to get a grasp and understanding of your responsibilities and duties. And keep in mind, some organizations will not even onboard you properly or onboard you at all. And then you go through the developmental phase where you're trying to become a subject matter expert on your responsibilities so that you can coach and develop your team members or have strategic conversations with partners, customers, or clients. And then you get to the point where you've done all of that and you are pursuing promotions and you have to be able to sit with senior leadership and really give them an understanding of your department, your organization, while at the same time developing and coaching what I call your bench talent. Because so often leaders want to get promoted from the supervisory role, manager role, or GM role but they haven't prepared anyone internally to take their place. And that's why sometimes it takes longer for that individual to get promoted because the organization already knows there's no bench talent. If they promote this person into a higher level position, they need to post a position, go through the interviewing process, and in most cases, hire someone externally to replace that person they're promoting which is then going to hinder productivity and potentially cause issues within that particular department. If you're in the supervisory GM manager role and you want to get promoted, hold yourself responsible and accountable to develop your team members so that when you present the value that you can provide to the organization in a higher level role, you can also communicate to senior leadership or the executives that you've already prepared someone to step into your shoes. In closing, my friends, managers are responsible for getting work done through others. Therefore, in my opinion, it's imperative that managers become great at identifying and hiring the right talent. And I just touched on that. Then coaching, developing, and retaining that talent. The roles of managers have evolved over time. 
just as the nature of leading in general has evolved over time. This evolution, in my opinion, is best seen in organizations that successfully adapted during the global pandemic and into our new hybrid workplaces. While actual managerial work can be seen as challenging, the skills you gain by attending leadership development programs, as I mentioned, will help you to meet those challenges. It is every organization's responsibility to equip their managers with their appropriate tools, resources, and development. That's how you turn managers into leaders. If you covet compelling content on entrepreneurship or leadership, please hit like, share, and subscribe to my podcast now so that you can be alerted to future episodes. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode, Carpe Diem.